to That Was Wild, a Minnesota Wild reaction podcast brought to you by the folks at Hockey Worldliness on SB Nation. I'm your host, Matthew Smith. You can find me on Twitter at From Tape to Tape. And tonight, it's just going to be me. And we're just going to be going over that amazing win over the St. Louis Blues, that thoroughly dominant win over the St. Louis Blues that gives them the 2-1 series lead. It's always the wins that are going to give you less to talk about than the losses. So we're going to start quick, just like the Wild did tonight. 39 seconds in, Jordan Greenway from Joel Erickson Eck and Marcus Foligno, the grief line continues to contribute, continues to dominate, continues to show that they are surprisingly or not so surprisingly the Minnesota Wild's best line. As a line, the identity line, the grief squad, whatever you want to call them, Managed to contribute 16 shot attempts while only conceding 10 against. And in real numbers, I suppose, they managed six shots on net while only conceding three in the other end. We can go over this from a bullet point perspective. Joel Eriksson Eck, Jordan Greenway, and Marcus Felino were able to contribute two goals and three assists on the night while also bringing that same physical play um, that same shutdown defensive role that they play, and also keeping their nose clean and keeping the St. Louis Blues power play on the bench. It's also important to note that while the they were the drivers for the Minnesota Wilds' victory tonight, the Kaprasov unit also continues to shine with Kirill and Zuccarello both getting goals. Now, we've discussed this a couple times on the podcast, we've also discussed it in articles. The key to the series was always going to be special teams and, to some extent, goaltenders. But the special teams is really going to be the crux for a lot of it. Tonight, the Minnesota Wild went 0 for 4 on the power play. The Blues went 1 for 3 on the power play. But really, what this goes to illustrate is just that it was a much closer called game than the previous two and it also meant that the gap between these two teams both on the kill and the power play wasn't as apparent or as impactful as it has been the last two games in fact the st louis blues only goal came on the power play one that was proved to be pretty inconsequential i mean it did break mark andre Fleury's shutout um but ryan o'reilly did score on the power play. Marc-Andre Fleury, speaking of, was great again tonight. Um, going 29 for 30, 967 save percentage. Made some pretty fantastic saves early in the first period. Um, I mean, wasn't a ton asked of him tonight. But every night, you just need your goaltender to go out there and give your the team the best opportunity to win, don't make any mistakes. The defense made it pretty easy on him, as much as a, you know, a thirty-shot night can be. But he was fantastic again. I think at this point, any sort of questions about whether or not Cam Talbot should probably be in net instead of him can kind of be put to bed, barring a complete meltdown from Flurry. Getting back to the special teams, yes. The Minnesota Wilds were held scoreless on the power play. It looked 
fine. No glaring errors. There were opportunities. The Minnesota, like they, they did get a few sh- shots from the top of the left circle. They did get a few shots from right in the home plate zone in front of Huso, but were ultimately held off. But that's okay. If we can live with the Wild keeping it even or fairly even on the power play or the penalty kill, then they will be fine. As long as there aren't an egregious amount of penalties, it means that the Wild are going to be given the opportunity to excel at what they do best, which is control play at 5-on-5. It doesn't mean that there isn't room for improvement. One of the biggest things that's apparent is that while Frederick Adreau has been nothing short of a revelation since he's been with the Wild, there's an obvious lack of structure to the second power play unit um, that can be pretty easily rectified. Uh, and specifically talking about Matt Boldy's role on the power play. He's been a huge surprise this season. I think he's much further ahead than anybody even his biggest cheerleaders could have imagined. But one of his biggest tools and his biggest talent during his time with Boston College in the NCAA is that he was able to run and be extremely effective from the half wall on the power play on his strong side. And that's probably something that Everson and the coaching staff should be looking into is perhaps giving Boldy the keys to the second unit. All that Matt Boldy has done is surprise in Excel in every opportunity that he's been given with the Wild so far. He brought new life into Kevin Fiala's game when he joined the team. He has really solidified a an unimaginable third scoring line on the Wild. He needs to be given the opportunity to try and do something with a second power play unit that has been extremely ineffective for most of the season. Now, it's not like the Wild are desperate for production from their second power play unit. Hell, they would be pretty happy with production from their first power play unit consistently. But it is something that this team should probably test drive, even for a bit. On that note, we're probably just going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to That Was Wild, a Minnesota Wild reaction podcast from Hockey Wilderness at SB Nation. We were just discussing the Minnesota Wild's power play and more or less its ineffectiveness, but perhaps we should probably get back to the grief line, the key to the Wild's victory so very early on in this game. As I had already brought up, Greenway scored 39 seconds into the first period. Joel Erickson X scored 22 seconds into the third period. And in the previous game, in game two, Joel Erickson X also scored 51 seconds into the second period. When X scored at the beginning of the third period tonight, it brought the Wild up to a 4 nothing lead. And while the nihilists, the pessimists, Amongst us probably wouldn't appreciate um, saying that a 4 nothing lead is pretty much a nail in the coffin. It really, really felt like it. The St. Louis Blues hadn't had much going on 
through the first two periods and were resulting to a a bully mentality when it came to play. They were really trying to goad the Minnesota Wild and especially the Grief Line into into extracurricular activities after whistles, which were largely ignored. Sticking to their game, you can still play physical, and the Wild did. They stuck to their game, and it really led them to victory. I mean, that <laughs> sounds a little uh, corny, but it is really the truth. I mean, the physicality goes both ways. Uh, the St. Louis Blues, in the first period, defenseman Tory Krug took a run at Matt Boldy. Um, he did get hurt on the play and was missing for the rest of the game after that play and has now joined Robert Bertuzzo and Nick Letty as a couple more injured St. Louis Blues defensemen. Marco Scandella returned tonight, um, but is likely not at 100%. And missing that sort of depth on the blue line, they aren't premier names, but these are contributing important pieces on the St. Louis Blues blue line. And without them, it's going to be a pretty big uphill battle for the St. Louis Blues. There's going to have to be some some smaller names contributing if they're going if they have a shot at getting back into this. As for defensemen on the Minnesota Wild, everything looked pretty great. Alex Goligoski uh, since being inserted back into the lineup in game 2. While isn't blowing anybody away with the numbers that he's been able to put up while on the ice, he has been pretty much invisible, which is exactly what you want from that kind of defenseman. You know, at, at the beginning of the season, he looked really, really good, and he really fell off a cliff um, at about the halfway point that sort of coincided with the rough patch that the Wild had had. But he's brought a stability to the bottom end of the defensive pairs and has looked great and it should continue that way. Now it's been a long night. That was a fantastic win. The wild have now outscored the St. Louis blues 11 to three over the last two games. And I don't think that you can expect or ask much more of them than that. So we're going to end this short and very sweet podcast with your player of the game, which, despite the NHL deciding that it should be Kirill Kaprizov, it's going to be Jewel Eriksson with a goal and an assist, both very, very early in the opening seconds of the first and the third periods, that not only set the tone, but also sealed the deal for the Wilds' victory. He's been fantastic. He's done everything that he is capable of doing. Uh, which is nice to see. And if we're going to talk about the Wild's worst player or your Minnesota mild of the night, uh, it's probably going to be Kevin Fiala. It's The team is clicking along fine if the Kaprizov unit are working well and the grief line's going well, but, but the Wild are a much scarier team when Kevin Fiala is going. I mean, he had three shots and six shots attempt on the night and there are times where he looked like he was really trying to force it. But if Gaudreau, Boldy, and Fiala can get going, the Minnesota Wild sort of jump from a 
very good team to a fantastic team and likely have one of the best offenses that any team in the playoffs can put together. A 2-1 lead. Everything is looking pretty rosy at the moment, but we will talk to you on Sunday afternoon after the Wild take on the Blues early on in the day, which is a um, nice change. But I have been Matthew Smith from Hockey Wilderness. Have a good night.